Hey, it's George. How are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? Oh, we're we're running. It's release day. We're just running out here. Anyway, I appreciate you taking taking the time to chat with me today. No, Thanks I'm day. super appreciative of your time, sir, because it's a big day for you. Got to say, congratulations. The day has finally arrived. Thanks. Yeah. So this one we took two years. I mean, that seems to be the average for me. A couple of years of making the record, and uh, we're really proud of it. So. First record I ever had my my live band, um, like the band that I tour with, the boys have been with me over 11 years. I, we actually did this record live off the floor, which is kind of a old school way of doing things. And boy, I tell you, we missed it. Love I, it. I like what you're doing with this record, though, because you've got some old school stuff like you just talked about, but you got some new school stuff, too. Like you were working with Jeff Johnson, and he's been oh, working yeah. with the young guys like uh, Wes Mack and Chris Buckband. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jeff... Um, I co-produced with Jeff on the I Got This Record, and uh, he showed me he, he had the right stuff, so I turned the reins over to him on this record and let him go. He's done a great job. Why is it important to kind of give up control from time to time? Uh, I usually don't. Um, but for me, you know, I, I, I've been very blessed to surround myself with people that, that really know what they're doing instead of me just faking my way through the thing. So, um, I tr- you know, I trust them to do their job, and they do it so well that that's, it's important to have that trust, right? So. Two years in the works. How does it feel to finally get out there and have people hear these songs that you've been sitting on for so long? It feels great. You know, we had this record done and ready to go probably, oh, I would say, oh, gosh, four months ago. So for me, it's you know it's been it's been a well while coming. Like we've been waiting to, to get it out and having the time at time the release and everything properly. Well, it sounds great. I just spent the last uh, half hour, forty five minutes listening to it uh, and a couple of the tracks okay. over and over again. Let me tell you, I love the way the record kicks off. That first song that you've got on there, "More You," that's fantastic. More you, thank you, thank you. That was uh, that was the first thing off the record. We're on to better off. Uh, better off in love now, which um, which we love is kind of get the '90s vibe. I just love the way it kicked off the album. So let's talk about the song that just came out today, or this week, I should say, the the song that you're putting out uh, here that for fans to hear. Better off in love. Can you give us some backstory on that one? Written by a buddy of mine down in Nashville by the name of Brett Jones. I've been blessed to get to write with him. He wrote a lot of number ones back in the '90s uh, for everybody, and is currently writing number ones for Jason Aldean and guys like that. Um, Brett, it was pitched to me, and I just fell in love with the song because it had that 90s feel, and I, I miss 90s country. And um, I asked him if I could rewrite a couple of the lines because I wanted it to be a bit more Canadian, and he was so gracious. He allowed me to write a couple, rewrite a couple of the lines and uh, kind of turned it into a little more of a Canadian song, talking about WestJet and Jasper and things like that. It's good to include your own experiences with it. How how are those like uh, those pitch meetings that you go to? Like four or five hours just sitting there. What was it about no, the song? No, they they usually send them uh, online now. Oh, they really? Don't sit anymore? Really? Yeah, things have changed. Times have changed, and yeah, there are songs coming out that you get pitched to an artist that literally were written written an hour or two ago. Kind of idea. No it's doubt, eh? Out. Yeah. Then it just changes the business a little bit, I think. There and but so how do you how do you narrow things down when music's coming at you so fast like that? My wife, I really count on her. She's got such a great consumer ear. Um, you know, we sit down and we listen to songs, and she kind of goes, uh, "I don't know," or "Yeah," or "That's a great song, but it's too young for you," or 
that's a great song, but the subject matter, you know, we just kind of piece ourselves, we just take our time and we go through them all. And then, of course, the ones that I've written get put into the pile, too, and you've got to kind of go through those. Yeah. Is there a song that made this record that you didn't necessarily think was you, but somebody else might have? Um, not really. No, um, no, not really. I mean... I have fun, uh, you know, that's the thing. Every song that gets pitched to me or every song I write has a piece of, has to have a piece of me in it somehow. And um, no, well, there's, there's some fun stuff on the record. There's some serious stuff. There's some sad stuff on, on this record that, oh, man, took me took me many takes in the studio to get through without tearing up. That's got to be tough to do that. and but you, Because you've got to be emotional and you've got to be real. You've got to kind of have that power in your voice. So how do you do that? Is there a trick to not tear up yeah, in that situation? No, man. You just, you just take a deep breath and you, you let your emotions come out. And you hope that, you, you hope that, the, that the emotion gets captured, but yet the performance is there too. You know? and so it's, uh, it's, it's you know, 28 years of being in this business. But I'm starting to catch on a little bit. <laughs> how to do it more and more more records I record. I love it. You know, this record's got sad stuff, it's got happy stuff, it's got summer songs. It's also got a hell of a cover, man. You covered Stomp and Tom Connors. Yeah, I was asked um I was asked by the family if I'd be a part of the fiftieth Stomp and Tom anniversary record. And so I was I mean, God, I was hugely honored when they asked me to do the hockey song. And then my record label, Olay Red Dot um, they said, "Listen, why, why don't we put this record, this song on your on your new record?" And I was really excited to do that. And I'm a huge Stomp and Tom fan, huge hockey fan, as, as you probably know. I just finished my fourth season with the Calgary Flames as their anthem singer, and um, yeah, hockey. I still play twice a week, so <laughs> it made perfect sense. That's great, and it really ties into the fact that you're playing the to- Stomp and Tom Festival in June. I think it is. Uh, yeah, we're going out and playing uh, Skinner's Pond. Super cool. Festival, we can't wait. Yeah, so excited about that. So, dude, how do you find time to actually put together records and music? You play hockey twice a week. You're working with the Flames. Uh, you're doing TV. <laughs> I'd love to talk about this hour. Is 22 minutes. You got the skit there. Yeah. You're, you're doing Grease coming up here. You're still doing your diabetes work. You're still working with the military. And you, and you play shows. Like, who the heck has time to write in this amount of time? Yeah, you know what? It's, it's the winter month where you really get to do it. Or sitting in a hotel. Um, after you get, you know, done with the day or before the show, before you're going, get in the hotel there and you kind of sit down with the guitar and it happens every now and again. So did you ever watch the movie Grease growing up? Like you're going to be in this musical. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I play uh, teen angel, which was played by Frankie Avalon. I mean, just, he just killed it. Man. I, gosh, that's a, those are big shoes to try and fill. Um, but I'm, I'm excited, you know, I get to go and guest as a week, uh, for a week as Teen Angel there in Toronto, uh, the big theater. And, um, I've, I've never done professional theater. I've done movies and TV now, but I've never done professional theater. So this is the first for me. Um, Grease happens to be the first musical I was ever in when I was in high school. No, no doubt. What yeah, character did you play back then? Circle. I played Johnny Casino. I was the singer, uh, at the, at the sock hop, the dance. Yeah. And then I was one of the greasers with Danny. Oh, no doubt. Lightning and all that fun stuff, yeah. And now you've moved up to Frankie Avalon status. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Is this something you ever thought about when you were younger? Like, you've had a 20-plus year career. And uh, did you ever look to be on the stage like that in a different capacity than what you do with country music? No, man, I didn't even think I'd 
I was going to be in the music business. I wanted to be an Air Force pilot. So for me, as a kid growing up, I just played music because everybody did around me. But um, when I was 14, I got type 1 diabetes. And, of course, I was told I would never fly airplanes and could never be in the Air Force. So I changed my plans at that point and um, planned on being a doctor. And then, long story short, it was a musical, actually, that got me into a band that went on the road. And that started my career. And that was uh, Camelot. Theater Anaganish in Nova Scotia. I was going to University of St. FX, and uh, I was in Camelot. And that's what actually the band saw me, just dance on me and heard me and asked me to be their lead singer, and then the rest is history. I just find it messed up that if you had gone the other route, there was a chance that, like, George Canyon could have been my, my family doctor. That's wild. Yeah, that would have that scares people when I tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been like Dr. Nick off the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody! Uh, hi, everybody! <laughs> yeah, would have, that would have been bad. Well, the story you were just telling, though, I believe, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I've never actually heard uh, your presentation, but that's the start of the story that you tell the kids that you're working with uh, through the diabetes programs, is it not? It is. It is. Uh, Sky's Not the Limit, the program I put in place in 2009, and then that we finally got, uh, finished and ready to go. It's been it's been active now for about a year and a half. Um, it's exactly what I, I tell them. You know, um, I've been a pilot for 13 years, and uh, I was an honorary colonel in the Air Force and for seven and a half years. Uh, well, four years as an honorary colonel and three and a half years as a reservist colonel. Long story. Um, tell you about it some other day <laughs> when we're not on the radio, taking up time. Um, it's, uh, it's just been amazing. And it, it, the biggest thing is I tell these kids, control your disease, live your dreams. And this is type 1 diabetes, not type 2. And it's vital that we get the, the, the message out. Type 1 is, is not the same as type 2. Our, our pancreas does not make insulin. And we must take insulin and, and test all the time. And uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of different things you've got to do. But these kids are amazing. You know, they, they take care of themselves so well. And I've been very blessed to have this platform to use to stand up and say, hey, I'm a type 1 diabetic and I live my dreams, and that's what these kids need to see. I just love the message, and, and I love that you were able to do that in your own life, so congratulations on all those successes. Congratulations on everything, man. You're doing really well for yourself. I'm very blessed, and believe me, I give thanks every day for it. Good man. Well, thank you so much. Uh, while we've got you, just as a final thought here, George, um, for those who are listening to this interview, they're like, hey, like, th- this sounds pretty cool. George Canyon, I'd love to hear his new music. They're, they're opening up their iTunes right now. They're going to get the record. Why should they buy it? What's that final push to tell people uh, why they should listen to this? Well, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve, and the songs that I, that I write and the songs that I, that I cut, um, they have a piece of me in every one of them. And my biggest thing and the legacy I want to leave in my music is that my songs have moved people. Either that's to tears, either that's in laughter, whatever it may be. Maybe it just reminds them of when they were young or a story, uh, spending time with their granddad. Um, you know, all these songs are stories, and, and they all bring something out of each person that listens to them. So for me, that's that's what music is all about, and it's about, it's about sharing and, and, and stories and family. and It's all there, so hopefully... Um, and, you know, there's a little bit of uh, 90s vibe going on in this, in this record, so if you're... Uh, if you're a fan of the 90s country, maybe, you know, songs like Better Off in Love, and Your Old Man's Son, um, hopefully they, they'll touch you. And, you, uh, you know, I should say anybody that picked it up already from iTunes, thanks for giving me the number one record in country music at iTunes Canada for the entire day. That means the world to me. I just still can't believe that. I found that out this morning, and it's continued to stay there. And 
that's because I got the greatest fans in the world. Kicking butt, man. We can't wait to see you. Your fans are going to be out in full force with us. Luck knows music in the fields, August 23rd. Can't wait to get, oh, catch yeah. up with you there. When I heard about that, I'm pumped, man. I told the band and they were pumped, too. That's going to be a fun one. 10th anniversary, we can't wait. Congratulations on all your success. Uh, for those listening right now, I'm going to recommend the first single, B- More You, the second single, Better Off in Love. I'm going to recommend the title track, too. South Side of Heaven is a great song. Uh, oh, thanks, buddy. Thanks for your time, man. Thank you so much today. Take care, buddy.